to the Hoop Journal podcast. Uh, we took quite a hiatus, a little longer than I expected, to be honest, but we are back coming to you live from Las Vegas um, here at NBA Summer League with my friend Josie. And uh, we're here to just basically recap our experience. Uh, we got to see basically all of the games from this Friday and Saturday. And we also attended the very first ever NBA convention. Uh, so a lot, a lot that went down this weekend, and we want to just recap it all for you. So we're going to start with uh, just touching on the games that we were able to attend. Uh, it was about six or seven of those, and we'll go through that, you know, what players really stood out to us, uh, both good and bad. And uh, we'll also touch on just the, the general summer league experience, because it, for me, just, you know, just to let you know now, it was a lot of fun. Um, it's, it's been a blast. Uh, definitely plan on coming back next year. Um, if you haven't ever been to Summer League and you have an opportunity to do so, definitely recommend it because we, we've had a blast these past few days. So yeah, let, let's just jump right in, uh, talk about some of the games. The first one that we saw uh, was the Bucks versus the Nuggets. And obviously this was uh, not the most highly anticipated game. There wasn't a ton of uh, you know high profile names to watch, but right. it was a really good game. Uh, one guy that stood out to me, Hunter Tyson, who's a guy from, from Clemson. Um, I didn't know much about him coming in, but... He, he really played well. He, he had a lot, of, a lot of energy, a really good shooter, knocked down a bunch of shots. Yeah, and he had a great first half, especially. Yeah, absolutely. And what, what I really liked about him was he was talking his shit out there um, after every big play. He had a, a block, I think, to end either the first or the second quarter. Um, he was puffing his chest out. He was talking his shit. So I like that. I don't know like what his projections are in terms of making an NBA roster, but he definitely showed out, made a name for himself uh, in day one. Who stood out to you in that in the Bucks Nuggets game? Yeah, the person that stood out to me, and it's it's maybe because they physically stood out, was uh, Taco Fall. Oh, for sure. And for the sure. way that he stood out was that he was so bad in that game, and I I was kind of shocked at how bad he still is. And um, you know, I know that he's been he he was late to basketball, so you know a lot of development to 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 happen. But I mean, he just doesn't look like an NBA player at all. And um, it was a little disappointing because I wanted to see some taco highlights. And I think when he walked in, the arena... Oh, the arena of, erupted, man. Yeah. They were so excited to see him. Everyone loves taco. But, uh, yeah, it wasn't a great showing for him. Yeah, they, they gave him the start. And I don't think he really played that many minutes. They, they prioritized their, uh, their second-round draft pick. Uh, I believe it's Cliff Livingston. I forget his, his first name. I think Cliff Livingston. But he was the uh, 58th pick, so they gave him a lot of minutes. Uh, they gave that dude Cook a lot of minutes as well. Um, and they both were just flat out better than him. Taco, like you said, he just wasn't good. Um, which yeah. is disappointing to see because, yeah, Taco's really, like, a really fun player to have in the league. Um, but he just doesn't have an NBA skill set, unfortunately. Yeah, no, yeah. I think this could be his last summer league. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, who knows? There's a lot of summer league left. But uh, that was just kind of the the appetizer for the games that would come later. Right, right. He, Yeah, he, he was definitely disappointing. But there was a couple guys on the Bucks like uh, Marjan Bucamp, uh, I thought he was really good. He looked like a lot more matured from, from his first season in the league, um, just like comfortable with the ball in his hands, taking some shots off the dribble, things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought Andre Jackson Jr., um, me being a UConn fan, I had really high expectations. I was really excited to see him play. A little bit underwhelmed, I guess, uh, by his performance, but he did have a couple nice plays. He had a really nice chase down block. Uh, made some really nice passes, which he's always known for. So that was uh, good to see. That was really all my. Th- oh, that, there's that guy on the the Bucks, Gortman, that guard. Had never heard of him before, yeah. but he he showed a lot of good flashes. He he was playing really hard. So that that was that was pretty cool to see. But for, as far as the Bucks go, I think that's really all that really stood out to me. 
Yeah, I mean, it was definitely one of the more low-key games of the day. And um, we really got to see some special stuff in the next game. Not a lot to report from that first one. Yeah, right. I mean, I thought Pey- Peyton Watson was pretty interesting. Even though he fouled out, I think he did a lot of good things. Um, Nico Mannion actually playing for the Bucks. That's he, true. Yeah. I, I was not expecting him to to do anything. I didn't. I honestly didn't even know he was on the summer league roster coming in. But yeah, he looked he looked really solid going up against uh, Colin Gillespie. He looked like one of the more dynamic, you know, if you could say that about Nico Mannion players <laughs> out there. Um, he looked like he looked really good. I thought. Well, I I don't think he played a ton a ton, mm-hmm. but he was out there a good bit. And uh, what I saw from him, I really liked. Yeah, yeah, he got the start and he has some good minutes for sure. Um, but yeah, I think that's that's really all to report on that first Bucks Nuggets game. It was, I think it was good basketball. Like I definitely enjoyed it. But the other the other games that uh, on that Friday night were definitely more yeah. of the the main attraction. Yes. Uh, so yeah, that second game of the day was was Rockers, Rockets versus Blazers, and I think that this was pretty clearly like the most talent on the floor of any of the games that we saw. Yep. The four that we saw on Friday, um, just so many like high ceiling rookies, second year guys. I mean, the Rockets and Blazers both have a, a ton of young guys with with mm-hmm. really high potential. The Rockets by themselves kind of have like four or five guys that we were excited to see play, and um, they the Rockets especially really uh, impressed me. Tari Eason mm. looked really good. I mean, really, you know, obviously he's always been athletic, but he he. And something about it in person just looked so yeah, good. Yeah, it pops in person, man. Yeah. And um, I was excited to see. I mean, that whole that whole matchup. You know, we got Sharp on the other side, and mm-hmm. of course, uh, Scoot Henderson. Yeah. Um, and man, you want to talk about Scoot Henderson? Because yeah, man. Wow, yeah, let's let, let's jump right to Scoot, man. Because, I mean, even just from the moment he he walked onto the gym, like you could just kind of see his presence. Like you just you could tell just just from right away. Like mm-hmm. this guy. The, he's the best player on the court, and it showed from the very first possession. Like, he he was getting by his man. He, it was just a walking paint touch. Like every single time down, he was getting into the paint, making plays, hitting his shots too. Like, yeah, Scoot Scoot was incredible, man. That was that was great to see. Unfortunately, he had that shoulder issue, so he didn't. I think he only played the first half. Yeah. Um, but I, he, that's all he needed to show. Like he he was fantastic. But uh, he came back into the stands right after he got injured, almost, and. Um, and he didn't look like he was that hurt. So I think he's going to be back yeah. pretty quick. I think they're just being cautious with him. And obviously, yeah. these yes. games don't mean a lot. So Right, yeah. Summer league inju- injuries, they're always extra careful about. Uh, Ahmed Thompson in this game also had an ankle injury. That looked a little bit more serious for sure. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, he's going to be out a couple weeks now. They're just going to hold him out basically for the rest of summer league. He did look good, though. I thought um, the battle between him him versus Scoot was, was pretty impressive. I, th- I felt like... Uh, when when Amen was on the court, the Rockets in general just looked a lot better. Yes. Uh, part of that partially because he's he's just a really good playmaker, but they also just didn't have a lot of talent behind him. It was like a pretty big drop off at the guard spot after him. Yeah, and uh, we, you know, Dion hasn't uh, talked about this past draft really yet, but the Rockets really needed a guy like Amen Thompson. I mean, he projects to be basically all of their needs in one guy mm. so i was excited to see how he how he kind of brought that to this game and um he looked great when he was out there he was making sharp passes he was making it tough on scoot and if scoot was still making yeah those right. shots but i was i was i was kind of impressed with him i mean you know first summer league game he looked pretty good yeah yeah one thing i noticed for sure is that um like you said like scoot was was getting his but 
Um, I could definitely tell, like, Amen is going to have the size to, to like, really terrorize ball handlers. Mm, like, yeah. his, his length is going to be really big defensively. Also, I think uh, Shaden Sharp should definitely get a mention. He was really good. He looked, like, very NBA-ready. Definitely, like, you know, he's progressed from this past season. So that was really good to see. Him and, him and Scoot together, man, it's going to be pretty special. Yeah, they got a couple of young guys, and um, they could be in a way worse spot with, you know, Dame requesting out. They're going to have – they're going to get a lot of picks back for Dame and uh, they have already two guys to build around. So, I mean, I think I think they could turn it around sooner than people might think. I know mm. they've already been bad, you know, yeah, with right. Dame. But I think they could be bad for a couple more years, and all of a sudden it's like a Rockets or a Thunder where they have like three or four really good mm. prospects yeah. and, and picks, which the Rockets don't have. So. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and... You know, we'll see. I actually, I got to see Chris Haynes uh, earlier today, and I asked him where Dame was going. He he laughed at me and, sh- and shrugged it off as if he didn't know. But I think it's only a matter of time before he goes to the Heat. And yeah, they're gonna they're probably looking because the the Blazers don't obviously want Tyler Hero, so it's looking like he's gonna go to third team, and they're just gonna get all types of draft picks, which is good because they need to open up the runway for Scoot and Sharp to get as many minutes as possible. I even you know I like Anthony Simons. I think he's he's good. He's solid. But I think Scoot and Sharp easily should be prioritized over over Simons in terms of development and minutes and reps and all that. Yeah, and uh, Ant Simons was at the game, so maybe he's not. Uh, yeah, he was he was watching his own competition. Yeah. I'll tell you that because it's going to be a battle over the next few years between yeah Scoot Sharp and Simons for those minutes. I think I think in, in some lineups, um, especially like Sharp can play like off ball. So I think they, right. some of those guys can play together. For stretches, I feel like you're minimizing um, Ant Simons by by playing him with Scoot though, because I feel like you have to no, shoot the ball. You know what I, I mean? agree. No, yeah, I, I agree with that. I don't think that it's like a good long term fit the three of them. I think Simons is probably the the odd man out between between that trio. If it were me, just based on what I've seen so far, but I don't know. It's a lot of talent, you know. So you know, I'm sure they'll have plenty of guard play when Dame leaves. That's for sure. So definitely. And the uh, last thing I want to mention from this game, I thought Jay Huff was really good. He impressed me. He's someone that. Um, coming out of Virginia, I thought had a shot as an NBA player. He was playing for the Lakers G League team for a little while. Um, hit a couple threes, blocked a couple shots. Just wanted to kind of well, drop that in there. I thought he was pretty solid. His name sounds like Jay Huss, so that's pretty cool. That, he's a British rapper. He was, oh, he just, he just come on. He did a song with Drake. Come on, man. Oh, I'm not familiar. I'm not gonna lie. I don't know who that is, but that's that's good enough for me. Yeah, someone sign him. Yeah. <laughs> Let's move to uh, what was the uh, the main event of the night. Um, the number one pick versus the number two pick, Spurs versus Hornets. Obviously, you know, the main takeaway was Wembenyama was a little bit disappointing. But, and Josie, you tell me if you disagree, but as someone who got to see it with their own eyes live, I think it was worse than disappointing. Like, I think he was kind of bad, to be quite honest. Like, the, he had, I think he had like five block shots. Okay, cool. Mm-hmm. But he, I do not think he played well at all. Well, yeah, uh, like Dion said, we were there. We were 10 rows or maybe less. Yeah, back. We were, I think we were like seven rows we, from, from the bench, yeah. Yeah, we were really in the action, and he looked completely lost on offense. They would be running action, and he just wouldn't be looking at the ball, and they'd throw him the ball. I don't know how many turnovers there were. Oh, uh, yeah. He just difference. wasn't looking at the ball, and they like tried to pass it to him. I don't know who that is more on than, you know, a guy throwing the yeah, ball. Yeah, right, right, right. Or, or him, maybe both. But 
Um, he looked completely lost. Even he said that after the game. Defensively, which is where he's going to make the biggest impact this mm-hmm. season, I think he still brought something to the table. Obviously, he wasn't um, what we were expecting. Mm-hmm. But I could see it. Obviously, you know, it's impossible not to with that frame. But it was it was majorly disappointing. I wouldn't go as far as say terrible because it looked like he didn't have enough prep. They didn't really mm-hmm. That's fair. integrate him. It didn't yeah. look like... And I'm sure he's so busy. Maybe he hasn't even really worked on basketball stuff. A lot of guys that are rookies, they don't get the chance to work on basketball stuff that much in in the summertime when they yeah. get drafted. Yeah, especially when you're you know the biggest prospect since LeBron. I'm sure since he finished playing for his French team, I'm sure he's been busy doing non basketball stuff. You know what I mean? All types of events and things like that. So that's fair. And you know he did look pretty tired by the end of the game. Definitely. You know what I mean? he, so, oh, yeah, he looked tired. I yeah, mean, so I'm sure his conditioning isn't you know at, in peak shape right now but yeah, I, mean, I think it would be though he just he, I mean he just got done playing yeah it was what maybe like a month ago if that maybe less like yeah that. yeah it, it was a little bit concerning for sure to see how how tired he looked towards the end of the game but yeah I mean honestly like save for those first few possessions where he was like sizing up Kai Jones he was like dribbling between the legs a little bit and it looked really smooth um he did that like the first three or four times he got the ball but other than that like a lot of the game he looked like just pretending you had no idea who anyone was for a large stretch of the game, he just looked like a guy who was only on the team because he was 7'3". Like, he, he did not look like a number one pick. He didn't look like an elite prospect. He kind of looked like an Ujman Jang, but, like, taller. He kind of looked like, I don't want to say Taco Fall. He doesn't play like Taco Fall. But he just looked like a guy who was only there because he was tall. And that's the only reason why he was on the team. Like he, people, he were making, people were making the Taco Fall comparison. He looked, I mean, yeah, he looked really awkward. Like, I, I like defensively, yeah, he was good. Um, just his size alone, like, I think he's going to be a presence defensively. But, um, yeah, the offensive end, I, mean, I think he shot two for 13. And, like, I mean, he tried. He was trying to get to the basket mm-hmm. early in the game. But every time he touched the paint, there was, like, four bodies yeah. all reaching in there, a lot of contact. So, and I think that's what he's going to see in the NBA, too. Uh, you know, like. Oh, he has a target on his back. Yeah, that's the, yeah, that's the other thing, too, is people are going to be ready for him. Yeah, I think that's what he's going to see a lot. You know, any anytime he tries to get inside, there's, he's just going to see a lot of bodies. Yeah. The good thing, though, that he did show, like, he – made a lot of nice passes. You know what I mean? He, he clearly has very good court vision. Um, so that's going to help him a lot with, you know, the multiple bodies that teams are going to throw at him. So it was good to see that he made uh, a handful of really nice passes. Yeah. Yeah, he's but, definitely skilled. Yeah, but the shot... I, I do feel like, you know, like this is kind of... I, I, you know, I think he'll improve as time goes on. But, like, I think this is sort of, like, the type of performances we can probably expect to see from him in terms of, like him not really dominating offensively. Like, his defensive presence is going to be there at all times because of his size and his instincts and everything. But I think in his rookie year, he's going to struggle a lot. Like, I don't think he's going to be an efficient scorer. I think he'll have plenty of, you know, easy opportunities around the rim, putbacks, you know, uh, alley-oops, things like that. But um, in terms of his jump shooting and, like, his self-creation, I don't expect him to be efficient really at all. That's, he wasn't really, you know, he wasn't, like, an efficient shooter um, right. for, for his French team. So... Um, if people are, are expecting him to come in and be like this twenty point per game scorer, like like Paolo was, for example, oh, that's yeah. not that's not who he is. He, he's a defensive prospect first, and I think that that really showed in in his first uh, summer league game. Absolutely. If we look at the other side though, because they did a good job guarding him. Right. Yeah. I know. I do think the Hornets deserve a lot of credit for the way that they defended him. Kai Jones was really good, really physical with him. Uh, uh, Brandon Miller stepped in on yep. some possessions. Yeah, I was, you know, Brandon Miller had had a tough kind of uh, go in the uh, other summer league games that he played. Yeah, but his first two were pretty rough. Yeah, I think that w- was in 
California or Utah, one of the two. But this game, he he came out and made some shots. He had, I think, mm. he had like a contact dunk that was nice. Mm. Um, he was yeah. making good defensive plays on Wembenyama. I was pretty impressed with yeah, him. Yeah, he was. Lie. Yeah, he was looking like Paul George uh, yeah. Yeah. in that game. Yeah, yeah, tough, tough start to his summer league. Uh, but he, I thought he had a good game. I don't remember what the final stat line was for him, but just just seeing him like on both ends, like you said, he had some good defensive possessions on Wemby. Um, had some nice shots off the dribble. Like you said, the contact dunk was pretty cool. So, yeah, I was, I was really impressed with Brandon Miller. Definitely uh, came away with a higher opinion of him than I had, like, coming into the draft, for example. Yeah. Just getting to see him live. That That's that's the one thing, like, that's really, like, the coolest part, I think, about Summer League for me is just getting to see, like, when you get to see players play in person, the same as, like, if you go to, like, NBA regular season game, getting to see these guys in person completely changes my perspective on them a lot of times. Like, just... Not only is it just a different experience watching it like unfold, but other things like between timeouts or like just like your dead balls, like you get to see the way guys react, interact with each other, and I feel like that that can give you a lot of insight in terms of um, what a player is like. So just getting to see these guys live, like just really can change like my my view on them a lot of times. And so Brandon Miller was definitely one of those guys where coming in like I, I didn't have huge expectations for him. I thought. Um, Scoot was clearly the better prospect, which I do still think that. But mm-hmm. um, Brandon Miller definitely impressed me with the way that uh, he looked on the court against the Spurs. Scoot's athleticism, I think, really made him like if we're going to compare the two, mm-hmm. at least right, uh, right now. Um, you know, obviously it's one summer league game, so you know, take yeah, this with a grain of salt, right? But um, Scoot, man, he looked explosive mm-hmm. and um, while Brandon Miller did look good on both ends of the ball he doesn't have that kind of game changing athleticism right. that Scoot Henderson is going to mm-hmm. have from day one mm-hmm. so and that's uh, that's always been the reason why I preferred Scoot over over Brandon Miller because I think Brandon Miller you know with his size his shooting ability the switchability on defense he's going to be a good NBA player it's hard to foresee him not having a long career but yeah like you said he doesn't have that sort of it to him that Scoot does where like, Scoo, like, it's just special, man. You just see him. It, it takes one possession. You can just see it immediately. Yeah. Whereas Brendan Miller has, like, elite role player potential. It's kind of what I see out of him. Like, if he makes an all-star team one day, like, one all-star team, like, I wouldn't be shocked. But I don't see him being more than, like, like what Mikael Bridges shows for the Nets this season. I feel like kind of seems like his, his absolute ceiling. That seems like the type of guy he is to me. That's a pretty good guy, so... Yeah, that's like a borderline all-star. So, yeah, yeah that's fair. I, th- I I do think he's going to be really good. I just don't think he has, like, the star, star upside of a guy like Scoot. So right. Didn't yeah. didn't love the pick by, uh, by the Hornets. I still don't. But I will say that I came away feeling a little bit better about it after seeing him play live. Outside of the top two guys, the two obvious names from that game, I thought Champagny, uh, Champagny and uh, Barlow from the Spurs were really good. I think those are two guys that could be in, uh, in the Spurs rotation next year getting some minutes. Uh, I thought Amari Bailey played really well. He had a lot of nice plays for the Hornets. Uh, which him playing well, I think, bodes really poorly for one James Booknight because I think he was already sort of on thin ice in terms of his roster spot going forward. But now with uh, with Mari Bailey playing well, looking good right away, uh, I think Bryce McGowan's probably outplayed Booknight in, in that one game. So it's a lot of other guards that uh, I think the, the Hornets might have to prioritize over Booknight. I thought he was decent. He had a couple of flashes, but overall just not very impressive from a lottery pick. The most memorable thing, I think, um, was that the announcer, every time that James Booknight was uh, making a good play, 
or just made a basket, he would say his name incorrectly and in a different way each time. Yeah, it was progressively just getting more inaccurate as the game went on. He, I could, remember, he yeah, couldn't figure it out. The last one was James Bookwright. <laughs> so. Yeah, he, he couldn't get his name right. And honestly, I mean, this might be the last time we see him at Summer League, yeah. depending on how the season goes. But uh, overall, though, I also thought um, Blake Wesley, Malachi Branham, they got a couple nice buckets. They s- still seem like they're just score first type of guys. I didn't really see them do anything else other than just put the ball in the basket, but they're talented scorers, so they, they definitely showcase that. But as far as the Hornet Spurs, I feel like we fit all the major points. Yeah. And then the nightcap for, for Friday's action, we saw uh, Lakers-Warriors. That was a really good game. Uh, probably the highlight of the weekend so far in Summer League, Max Christie's poster dunk. That was... Whew. That was but, great, uh, yeah. But I thought that the guy that really stood out to me outside of Max Christie's dunk, I thought was Maxwell Lewis, the, the Lakers' second-round pick. He had a stretch there, I want to say it was the second quarter, where he, he had a nice basket. They come back down. He, he jumps a passing lane, gets a nice dunk. He actually, actually, no, he actually missed the dunk, but um, it was still a really nice play. Um, and then I think he scored again like a couple sessions later. So he had a really good stretch there. Just kept making good plays, um, was good defensively. And he was someone that I thought was like overhyped. He was getting like a ton of like first round buzz uh, coming into the draft, and I thought that was a little bit high. But he ends up falling to the second round, and I think it was a really good pick. He he looked really solid. Uh, it looked like he could be a contributor right away. So that was really good to see. Anyone stand out to you in the Lakers Warriors game? Uh, you know, it was it was definitely more of a low key game than the previous two. But uh, uh, what I will say is I'm disappointed in both the Lakers and Warriors. Um, you know, regular roster players because I don't think I saw a single player from either yeah. team. Yeah, that's a good point, actually, because basically every other game we saw three or four players from, from Like, one team. of the best players yeah. on that team was there. And, uh, you know, that's like, that's normal for Summer League, but um, I don't think I saw, we may have seen J- Jared Vanderbilt. Yeah, we did see Vanderbilt, yeah. He was there for the Lakers, but yeah, that's actually a good point. I hadn't realized that because every other game there was like at least two or three other starters. Yeah. Like not just like guys on the team like started. Like Halliburton was there. We saw Lori Markinen was there. Oh, dude, we saw, we've seen a whole list of people. Yeah, we saw almost everyone, for the teams that we did watch, we saw almost all of their like best player right. sitting on the sideline. But yeah, I guess, yeah, Lakers, Lakers Warriors didn't really have anybody. Yeah, that's that's kind of what I'm remembering, and and it, it might be because both of those teams don't really have, you know, their good young players aren't really playing in summer league, and um, you know Max Christie might be the best player in the yeah. whole the whole game. So yeah, you know, I guess I can't blame LeBron for not. Yeah, I guess so. Growing up, although it's not like you know a lot like the Lakers had studs last year and he was there, so that is true. I don't know. Yeah, I, I guess that was a little disappointing because that would have been pretty cool if we saw Anthony Davis or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But we did see a lot of people, so that was that was definitely. We really can cool. get more into that later. Yeah, yeah, we'll we'll touch on that at the end. But yeah, we definitely saw a lot of uh, a lot of big names. But yeah, uh, Lakers Warriors wasn't quite a, as hyped as Rockets Blazers or Hornets Spurs. But I thought the guy in the Warriors, uh, G Santos, I think is his name. He played really well, and I remember last year him having like a couple really big performances. And he, he was, like, the poster child for, like, don't overreact to Summer League because he was, just, you know, just some dude for that plays in Brazil. But I, he came back again this year, and he was really good again. So he, he might have an NBA future. I don't know. Maybe, like, G League. But for him to play and be, like, a standout guy two years in a row at Summer League, and it's not like he came in, he wasn't, like, a college prospect or anything like that, you know, like, just came internationally. So for him to make a name for himself two years in a row, I think, uh, could lead to something. We'll see what the Warriors end up doing. But uh, I thought he stood out. Uh, Jalen Hutchifino for the Lakers. I thought, you know, I thought he had he had some good moments. Um, he wasn't amazing by any means. 
but I thought I thought you know he he showed what he was capable of in terms of like his ability to handle the ball, make some plays in pick and roll. He has a nice mid range game, so I, I thought he showed some nice things, um, but maybe just a little bit disappointing given that he was someone I was really high on coming into the draft. Um, I still am really unsure about how he fits with the Lakers. I don't know if I love yeah, that. Yeah, don't love that pick. I don't love the prospect to be honest with you, but the Lakers have have consistently found players in the draft that have been able to help them. That's so. True. We gotta wait and see, I guess. Maybe LeBron can get him involved, even though I don't like the fit with him and LeBron. So maybe he's more of a future piece than anything. Yeah, yeah, he could be a long term long term fit for them. But yeah, I don't I don't really see how he fits alongside LeBron given that his game is predicated on being the, the pick and roll ball handler. Right. Um I think I don't think he shot very well last season off a of catch and shoot jumpers. So not sure how he's gonna fit with LeBron. He seems like a guy that like you said, like long term, like I think he's gonna need a lot of reps, like on ball reps, so he could be a guy that we see uh, playing. What is it? The South Bay Lakers, right? Yes. Really team? Yeah. So we could we could see him in South Bay for for a good majority of the season, especially if Maxwell Lewis is going to be more of like an immediate contributor type of guy. Um, then I could see them prioritizing Hutchinson's uh, like long term development, giving him more reps in the G League. Right. I think uh, I think that probably wraps up for for day one of summer league though. Those four games overall it was a lot of great basketball. It was it was really fun to see uh, all the young talent. And outs- I would say outside of uh, just seeing Wemby himself, like that was just like a spectacle on, on its own. Um, I think Rockets Blazers was probably, we'd say, the best game, right? Definitely, we yeah. We didn't even mention Jabari Smith, who completely went off, had 30-something points. Yeah, 29 in the second half, right? Yeah. yeah including including the, the game winner, yeah. Yeah. That was insane, man. Yeah. Oh, that was so incredible to watch live. Yeah. Oh. And you know what? We were talking, we were debating uh, in, in a group chat earlier of, should second-year players really be playing in in the summer league? And a game like this is a prime example of the argument for them playing because mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think I think he's going to gain a lot of confidence from from this game and from that game winner. And I think it was great. I mean, it was a huge sign of life from somebody who did on you know frankly didn't show a lot of life mm-hmm. last year. And right. So even in the summer league, so. It was nice to see that. Yeah, you know, I think we should have talked about that. Yeah, that was the, yeah. Honestly, should have been um, a higher priority for the the Rockets game. But no, he he was fantastic, and it was weird. Like watching it live, you know, I felt like he was having a great game, but I didn't realize until after the fact that he had scored twenty nine in the second half. You know, it was almost yeah. like it was a quiet twenty nine in a sense. But um, no, he was really good. He he looked much much improved from last season. Um, very comfortable, like creating his own shot in comparison to last year. Um, so that was really good to see. Like you had mentioned it a couple times um, during the game, like he needed a game like that. And I think I think that's hundred percent right. I think it's gonna be huge for his confidence, and he can build off of that. Um, yeah, I think like second year players playing in summer league, generally I think is is fine. But like for example, like today, Ben Matherin was playing for the Pacers, and it, he actually did like uh, efficiency wise struggle a little bit in the first half. But it was pretty clear like he, he there's no need for him to be there. Yeah. And, like sure he's getting some shots up, he's building his confidence too, but. It was pretty clear, like he he did not need to be at summer league. So, a guy like that, you know, his roster spot is solidified. He doesn't have to really prove, you know, where right. he stands on the roster right now. So, guys like that, I feel like don't necessarily really need to play more than like a game of summer league. But for Jamari Smith to come out and and really show that he's taken a step forward, I think was really big. So yeah, we, de- we definitely should have gotten to that earlier. But yeah. I'm glad that yeah. I'm glad shout that we out to Jabari. There. Yeah, shout out to Jabari Smith. Big game from him. Um, so that yeah, that really wraps up uh, what was Friday's uh, action of summer league, and then uh, Saturday we got to see a ton of games as well. Starting with uh, first game of the day was Celtics versus Heat. 
uh, which which was a really good game, back and forth the whole way, uh, very competitive. And my main takeaway, especially as a Celtics fan who who attended this game, uh, I was really impressed with Jordan Walsh. He he had a fantastic, uh, especially in the first half. He he came out and knocked down three threes like right away. Uh, made a lot of good defensive plays. Was pushing the pace in transition. Um, I'm really impressed with him. Uh, I, I liked him a lot at Arkansas. Uh, didn't didn't like scout him too heavy, so I didn't know like a ton about him. Um, but I definitely knew he was more of like a defensive prospect, and the the jump shot was the question. So to see him come in and immediately just knock down some threes was was really really intriguing, um, because I thought just watching him like there was nothing no particular possession that stood out. But just watching him play defense, like, he's going to be a terror. Just, like, even just seeing him get into a defensive stance, like, he just looks menacing. He's got huge arms. He's got a really long wingspan. Um, I, I don't know what he's going to be able to do against, like, forwards or centers, trying to guard them down low. But guarding wings and ball handlers, I think he, he's going to be someone who could have an impact right away. So that was really encouraging. So, yeah, that was really good to see from Jordan Walsh. I thought he really uh, had a great game. And then Champagny on the Celtics, uh, I thought he had some flashes of, of playing well, but it's clear he is not as good as his brother. Uh, the one that's on the Spurs, I think, definitely uh, has more of like a an NBA, like a path towards an NBA roster spot, you know what I mean? Right. Um, or at least getting minutes, because I do think Champagny did get signed to the Celtics roster, but I don't know. I thought he was okay. There, there was a couple plays that he made that were really nice. Had some offensive rebounds, some hustle plays, but then he also had like a couple really bad decisions with the ball. So he was a little bit up and down. Um, definitely just just not as good as his brother. It's like the the takeaway that I had watching him play. Uh, as far as the Heat go, um, I thought Jovic still looked pretty raw. He he also had a couple nice plays, but kind of looked like he was the same player as what I saw in the limited minutes he got last season. So. Um, I guess that was a little disappointing to see. Like, if, if you just walked into that gym not knowing who anybody was, you would not have really noticed Jovic on the court. So that was a little bit disappointing to see. But um, the rest of the other guys, like the guys that you know of on the Heat, were all really good. Orlando Robinson dropped like 36. He, like, not that he is like a very established NBA player, but he got pretty consistent minutes for the Heat last season. I don't really feel like he had to be here, and he, he proved pretty quickly he did not need to be there because he was just way too comfortable on the court going up against uh yudoka azubuki and who's the other big man in the celtics he had some some guy i never heard of it was like cole sarowski or something i don't know but he was just dominating those guys he was hitting threes he was getting uh rebounds all over the place like he he couldn't miss and he was just pretty clearly uh the heat's best player and he doesn't need to play anymore summer league but there are other guys like jamal kane i thought was pretty good uh drew smith had some good plays um but yeah, it was really just Orlando Robson. He was carrying them, and he he was just very clearly their best player. Other than that, I mean, I thought J.D. Davison was okay. I thought that, you know, he, he looked really good with the ball in his hands in terms of, like, getting by his man and, and, you know, getting into the paint. But he's just really small, man. Like, I think I, I saw him warming up. I got to see him, like, from just a few feet away. I don't think he's much taller than I am. And I'm, like, I'm like 5'10 with shoes on, so... He, he's probably like 5'11", maybe six foot at the most, and that's, it's just an issue for him because he did put on a lot of weight. He did look a lot stronger, um, especially his upper body, but he still struggled to, to finish around the rim, you know, finish through contact, that sort of thing. So I think it's probably another season in the G League for him, um, even with uh, the Celtics losing a guard. But uh, I, I think he probably needs another year of development, and we'll see I still like his his talent level he definitely has very good passing vision like it's clear that he's it's like a very traditional point guard with a lot of talent but just hard when you're when you're six feet in the NBA so yeah um 
But overall, that was a good game. I actually left a little bit early so that I could catch uh, Thunder Thunder vs. Mavs, which we'll move to now because I couldn't I couldn't come all the way here and miss my Celtics play. But Thunder vs. Mavs was definitely a more high profile game, and so I'll uh, I'll actually kick to you, Josie, to kind of yeah. So um, you actually missed probably the best performance by any rookie um, from any game we've seen, which was Case uh, on Wallace. A lot of people will say Case and Wallace. But he says his mother says Kason. So Kason. Okay, so we'll go with Kason. So we're saying Kason. But uh, I mean, he first half he had five threes. He had he was absolutely hustling. I mean, he was grabbing boards. He was he had a couple assists in there. Um, I think. I mean, I'm trying to remember any of the other rookies that would have had a better. Maybe Brandon Miller had a good stat line, but. I think he might have had the best stat line of any of the rookies at the first the first go of it. Mm-hmm. Maybe we um, finished with twenty points, right? Or even like twenty points, like in the first half. I think he had. He, I think yeah, he had fifteen in the first half. So I think he did finish with with around twenty or twenty something. But mm-hmm. um, obviously, that's a great sign to see because um, you know any other pieces that they can add to this team, mm-hmm. it, it's going to be huge. Because they already have the main guys, so right. and uh, the defense looked pretty good. Um, yeah, I was gonna say. Speaking of pieces that they're adding, Chet was fantastic, man. Oh, dude, I mean, um, he definitely looked a little out of condition. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say he was like 100. percent You know, you know, he hasn't played basketball in almost a whole year now, but at a competitive level. Right. But uh, he he came in and did what he does. He got some you know highlight blocks. He got some boards he got and you know he looked you know pretty competent on the offensive end he had a couple threes he had a couple putbacks you know mm-hmm. he was doing everything they wanted him to do and um i would say overall if i'm looking at at, at where he fits in on offense versus where victor is going to fit in on offense i think chet is going to become he's, he's going to instantly be a more comfortable mm-hmm. offensive option yeah Whereas I think Victor may struggle on that end, like we mentioned. Yeah. So, just visually, he looked way, way better than Victor. So. Yeah, a lot more comfortable. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, a lot of that might be, too, you know, he's had a whole year with an NBA team, even though mm-hmm. he was hurt. Um, that is development, and he's yeah, got, right. to, got to, you know, be around and. Yeah, he's still getting with, reps and things like that. Yeah, yeah. be with these coaches and. Yeah. You know, the Thunder have a super strong ideology about mm-hmm. how they want their guys to play, and he's. That's true. Yeah, you know, obviously they're they're going to be coordinated on that. But um, I was really, I mean, you know, the Thunder Summer League teams, it's one of the best Summer League teams because all the, like, their rotation is just young. Yeah, yeah it's basically their rotation, yeah. So, Minus a couple guys. Like, Trey Mann played heavy minutes last year. Jalen Williams, the, not the good one, unfortunately. <laughs> um, the, the less good one. The big Jalen Williams. Yeah, Jay Will. He, you know, he looked pretty good, but... Uh, he played. I mean, you know, he was their most common, you know, starting lineup. He was in it. So, yeah, he was uh, their yeah their most used center. And then uh, obviously Chet is about to play big minutes. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have just have a bunch of guys that that play a lot of minutes. So they looked really good. They were absolutely splashing from deep. And then on the other end, the Mavs, they they were a little hot and cold. I mm-hmm. would say. Yeah. Um, Honestly, I was I was I was very distracted because Sam Presti and and, uh, and the coach of the Thunder, Mark Dignall, were sitting basically right in front of us. 
kind of over to the right, and I was kind of like watching them watch <laughs> the game as well. Um, so I didn't get a ton of Mavericks no, uh, I hear you, yeah. notes, but man, what a what a game! Um, and yeah, I think Kason was 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 huge. Yeah, probably probably the best rookie just going off of one one single game. And another thing about Chet too that I noticed uh, pretty much right away was like just his presence on the defensive end, like. Anytime he was out there, like the Mavs just had basically no interest of, in getting to the rim. Right. Like they yeah. would they would touch paint and immediately kick it out because Chet was there just swarming. So that was really cool to see just the sort of presence he has around the rim. Um, I think that's gonna be huge because the Thunder were already like pretty solid, like somewhere middle in the pack or maybe even slightly above average on defense last year. Without like a tenth, I think. Without like a real center. Yeah. And now they're adding someone like Chet who who's gonna be a fantastic rim protector for them. I think I think there's a lot of potential next season. Okay, see man. Um, but yeah, as far as far as the Mavs go, um, I thought Hardy was was pretty up and down, like you said. Like he he had a couple pretty crazy shots, but he also took some really bad ones. Uh-huh. He um, also got blocked right in his face like, by Chad Holmgren, <laughs> so like literally hit him in the face, went out of bounds, so it was like yeah. thunderball. Yeah. Other than that, um, yeah, because I I missed a decent chunk of the Mavs game, the like the Mavs Thunder game, so I don't have a ton of like takeaways. I mean, it's hard to even like really have definitive takeaways. I hope that's clear as well that like. We watched one game of these guys at Summer League, too. So, like, nothing that we say here is definitive. You know, it's just uh, just an immediate reaction from what we saw. But, um, yeah, I, I didn't get a ton. I don't have a ton of takes about the Mavericks. I thought Lively, like, I only saw him play a couple minutes. But, he, you know, he looked like uh, like a future NBA big. I don't really know how else to play it other yeah. than he kind of looked the part. So that was good to see at the very least. But, um, yeah, no one, no one, in the few minutes I was able to catch, no one really stood out on the Mavericks to me. Yeah, same here. I didn't get. I really wanted to see uh, their other draft pick, uh, uh, Maxence Prosper. Right? Is that how you say his name? Pro. I think he wait was he was out there, right? He was, but I didn't get to see him oh, much. The, the the few minutes that I was able to catch, he I didn't had get a to couple. See him. But he had a couple plays, but um, yeah, I think he was pretty pretty out of it for most of the game. Gotcha. Hardy kind of dominated the ball while he yeah. was in the game. Yeah, so. that's that's definitely what it seemed like. Um, but yeah, the Thunder. I mean, the Thunder won this game pretty handily, though. It was like. 15 points, something like something that. Something like so, that, yeah. Yeah, so they were definitely definitely the more talented team, as I think we're going to see throughout the rest of the summer league because, I mean, it's a lot of their rotation in yeah. there. So. Um, but, yeah, that was that was impressive to see from OKC. Uh, the next game that we saw, we were able to catch a little bit of, uh, of Magic versus Pistons. That, that was um, a pretty high-profile game, just the number five pick versus number six pick. Uh, and I think they, they both played pretty well. Um, it was pretty cool. We actually sat next to, what, the brother of the Orlando Magic's Yes. Summer league coach. Yeah, and uh, G League coach. So right. he he told us the crazy thing was I can't believe he he nailed yeah. it. But uh, he was like, "Hey, the first play is gonna be a, a three ball to Caleb Houston." Sure He's enough. like, "Don't put a prop bet on it, but it's gonna be." <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was. So shout out to that guy. Yeah, um, shout out to that dude. I forget his name, but yeah. shout out to him. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and I thought I thought Caleb Houston in general played pretty well. Um, I think he's someone that could be ready for a slightly bigger role. They def that's a team that definitely needs shooting. So, um, I think he could be someone that gets minutes for them next season. Uh, Anthony Black I thought looked pretty good. He had a big game. We we didn't stay for the whole game because mm-hmm. you know we'll tell you in a second when we went to the NBA con. But um, he I think he had like ten five and five at half. Um, yeah. So. He he was showing out that Pistons roster. I mean, on paper, it looked stacked. I mean, yeah, it was basically like their what could be their starting lineup, except Marcus Sasser was in for Kate Cunningham. 
Um, but yeah, they started Sasser, Ivy. They started Wiseman and Duran together, which I thought was interesting, if I'm being nice about it. So yeah, it was basically like their actual roster going out there. Yeah. Which was pretty cool to see. Like it was, it was pretty cool to see like how how it all fit together. I thought like the Wiseman Duran thing was was pretty awkward, but they both looked like they had improved their game. Like they both um, like Duran hit a corner three. Yeah. Um, I think Wiseman took some threes. I don't know if anyone went in, but he was you know looked more comfortable at least like taking jump shots. Um, they both looked like they had definitely been working on their game, so that was good to see. Um, I thought Jaden Ivey, like, honestly, I, I felt like there was a lot of times he was just, like, looking for his own stats. Yeah. Like, I, I didn't really, like, I forget what his stat line was. It might have been fine, but I didn't, not that he played poorly, but I was a little disappointed to see, like, he was just, like, looking for his own a lot of the time. I felt like he kind of, like, iced out a sore a little bit. But, yeah, uh, definitely. And, you know, compared to the day before Scoot Henderson, mm. um, I was expecting kind of that kind of performance, and that's what he did last year in Summer League. Right. But, um... No, it wasn't really like that today, yeah. and um, that's a shame because I, I was looking forward to that, but um, maybe it's too high of a bar to compare him to, to you know one of the most athletic mm-hmm. point guard prospects we've seen. Right. But uh, yeah, he didn't look he didn't look as good as I thought um, in the in the minutes we saw. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I, I thought Asor looked pretty good. Uh, he had this one play where he didn't actually finish the the layup, but. He went up in traffic and went like up and under a defender. And it wasn't just an up and under, and I can't really quite describe it, but the fact that he was even able to in the air like process it and think to to make the move that he did, where he kinda went up and under but also like switched hands. And he ended up like throwing the ball up and hit the bottom of the rim, so he like missed the shot. But just an absolutely ridiculous play to make in the air. Like he he's gonna do stuff like that all the time. So that was really cool to see. Um watching his athleticism live was insane. Uh but other than that, like he didn't get to show a lot because I didn't feel like he had the ball a ton. So I'm curious to see what he does uh, the rest of summer league. But we didn't see a ton from him. But what I did see was was pretty encouraging. But that was really it, though. Like we said, we only stayed for what like the first half of it, and then we yeah. went to uh, the NBA convention, which we will get to in a second. But there's two more games that we were able to uh, to see. So I want to talk about those. Uh, we caught, I would say, the majority. We missed the beginning of it, but the majority of Wizards versus Pacers, which I thought was a pretty good game. Um, yeah. It was, it was uh, I think it was the surprise. You know, obviously, it's not a terrible matchup with uh, some of the you know top ten picks in it. But mm-hmm. um, I was I was pretty surprised by who the Pacers had out there, which was mm-hmm. Benedict Matherin. I mean, they had some of their good guys out there. Yeah, they had a, Isaiah Jackson was out there, and yeah, Emhart was getting a lot of minutes. Um, yeah, a lot of guys that were in their rotation uh, last season that were playing today. And their new guy, Jairus Walker. Mm. He, I mean, I, I was kind of a doubter. I think you might have been a doubter. Yeah, um, I, w- I wasn't super high on him coming in. I thought like top ten was a little bit high for him. But he had some, he had some mm. plays in there that he had a block that was that was huge. He yep, had, yep. um, mm-hmm. he had the ball on the open floor and like made a great pass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That and he had a, uh, just like in the half court, like uh, someone like dumped it off to him and he had like a beautiful touch pass to yep. a guy for a layup. He made some really nice passes. Um. I was told that he didn't have a good start to the game, which we you know we missed like the first quarter or so. But um, he had a really good second half, like you said, defensively and in passing ball. He just couldn't hit his jumpers today, which we'll see you know what he does over time. But yeah, he was a guy that I I like when I first heard of him when I started scouting for the draft. I was like really intrigued. Um, I was like, oh yeah, this guy could be really something. Um, and then he started building up a lot of hype. Some people were talking about him top five. A lot of people had him top ten. And I was like, that's just too much for me. I just thought there was a lot of other guys that were better. But uh, he, he definitely looked really, uh, really promising in that second half. So that was cool to see. Um, I think 
Like his athleticism will definitely uh, allow him to make a lot of plays. That that's what I, you know, was able to gather from watching him play today. If he continues being a great decision maker, I think that will mm-hmm. keep him uh, playing on that team too right. because they have a lot of you know, especially with the upgrades they've made, they have a lot of guys who are who are good play finishers. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm thinking about him maybe um, with out there with Obi Toppin. That, oh. could, that could be kind of electric. Oh yeah, yeah. Him, him, Obi Toppin, and Halliburton on the floor together could get crazy. Yeah, a lot of highlight potential there. Yeah, so I'm excited. Yeah, because Jarris is the type of guy, like, he, he made some nice passes today, but he's also the type of guy that could be a play finisher as well with Halliburton. That's true. So, yeah, so yeah that's, that's definitely interesting. I definitely uh, came away from that game feeling a lot better about the Pacers pick because I love what the Pacers have done this offseason. I thought getting draft picks for Chris Duarte was really good. Giving up, well, I think it was like two seconds to get Obi Toppin, I think was fantastic. But I was just a little bit iffy on the... Uh, and then, of course, yeah, the Bruce Brown signing, too, I think was big. But, um... Yeah, I was a little iffy on the Jarris pick, but I feel a lot better about it uh, having seen him play live. So that was good to see. And then, yeah, like Matherin, Isaiah Jackson, even like Nemhard, like didn't really need to be there. Like, I, I guess, um, you know, it's good for these guys' confidence to just go out there and prove it. But, yeah, I, I think it's time for them to prioritize uh, the other guys. They have. Like Isaiah Wong is on their summer league team, someone that I think might not be an NBA player, but like is very intriguing in terms of what he can do on the court. So I'd love to see like him get a lot of summer league reps. Um, yeah, Matherin, like, I think he was actually inefficient for, like, the part that we missed as well, but he was just schooling dudes with the ball. Like, he was just oh, getting yeah. right to the rim, like, just getting right by guys. So, yeah, he is someone who, like, if you're going to average, what was it, like, 16 points per game as a rookie, like, you don't need to come back to summer league. You're, you, yeah. you got it. Yeah, I totally agree. And he finished with close to 30, but, you know, even in this, some somewhere in the second half, it kind of looked kind of breezy. Like, he was, yeah. like... Not, I mean, you know, he was he was playing, but he wasn't like a hundred percent, you know, yeah, intensity. Right, right. And he was still, you know, kind of made him look bad. So yeah, he was, was very clearly was the best player on the floor. Right. Um, as far as the Wizards go, uh, it was pretty cool to see Johnny Davis look like an NBA player finally. That was that was good to see. Yeah. Um, I thought he was pretty solid. Um, he looked more like the guy that we saw at Wisconsin. So that was really good. Hopefully, he's building his confidence and he can actually be a contributor for them because. I mean, if, if he wasn't the worst rookie last year, I mean, he was the second worst. I don't know. It, it was pretty bad. Uh, so that was good to see. He definitely looked like he's improved his game. Uh, I thought Koulibaly, like, I don't know. I couldn't get a good gauge for him. You, you tell me how you feel. But I felt like watching him play, I saw some good things. He looked the part. But I, I couldn't get a good gauge for, like, how big of an impact I think he's going to have right away. Yeah, know. he kind of looked exactly what I, what I was expecting, which was... Um, not finished, obviously, very mm-hmm. raw. He was using his length pretty well, which, yeah, which um, for sure. um, you know, everyone expected, obviously. So um, I respect that pick, and obviously um, it was kind of a reach based on where some people had him mm-hmm. in the draft. But um, as far as his play goes, I mean, uh, he didn't give a whole lot. He's a, he's definitely a project. I would, I, would, I would call him a project. And, uh, you know, I'm not taking a ton of stock into what I've seen today mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. yeah he looked a little you know you know he needs way 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 more reps so yeah yeah, yeah like you said I respect the pick because I, I do think the the high ceiling is there with him but when you have a guy like him like those late growth sport guys like that's always super intriguing in terms of like what their ceiling could be so yeah he definitely showed some flashes of things like you said he used his length really well like on the defensive end and even like with the ball in his hands to like get around guys and stuff but I don't know. I just don't feel like I saw enough to really have like a strong take on how good I think he's going to be right away. Because 
Like, if he comes out and he's just, like, super raw, just, like, not ready for NBA reps, wouldn't surprise me. But if he's also, like, a steady part of the rotation next year because they're just tanking and they're just giving out minutes, like, I, I don't think he's going to look lost, you know? So, I don't know. I, I, I really would have liked to maybe see uh, a second game of him just to, you know, get my eyes on him again. Yeah. Because, yeah, he, he's a hard one to gauge. Definitely. But uh, overall, I thought that was that was a pretty good game of basketball. Um, a lot of talent on the floor. And then the last game that we were able to to watch live during summer league was uh, Clippers versus Jazz, which also had a lot of a lot of good guys. You know, when they first uh, ran out there for warmups, we were kind of looking around like, do we recognize any of these guys? But no, there was actually a lot a lot of talent on the floor. I thought Keontae George was probably uh, the number one guy that stood out to me. Started off a little slow. Looked like he was maybe trying to do a little bit too much. Um, like he was trying to take guys off the dribble and just wasn't creating any space, but then he started to really settle in, uh, made a lot of really nice passes. When he was making just like the simple pass, just like making making the right read, he was very consistent in making good passes, um, hit a couple catch-and-shoot jumpers, but yeah, he was just trying to do a little too much here and there, like trying to go off the dribble, which, you know, is supposed to be his game, so I get it, but uh, I thought he looked really good when he was just trying to make the, the smart, simple play. Right, yeah. It didn't look like he had a ton you know his his bag wasn't super deep mm-hmm. at this level, but um, I mean you know I you gotta take the negative with the positive. Mm-hmm. I feel like definitely. he he definitely showed some things yeah. that um, yeah, yeah, yeah. might make him you know stick around. I think like you said the playmaking aspect, um, he looked really fast. I mean yeah he yeah was, looked very quick out there. Yeah. He was playing really hard. Um, Later in the game, uh, he kind of had a highlight play where he was like a lob finisher, which was I thought was interesting. Mm. Um, but uh, overall, I think it was a pretty good game for him. Um, he was the highlight of the game for me, honestly, because um, as I, I, did, I wasn't a huge uh, huge fan of, of a lot of these guys, so mm. um, that was uh, that was the one guy that. I kind of clung on to, and every time he had the ball, I was like, okay, what's he going to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he, uh, in that sense, he sort of took over the game, just in terms of, like, when the ball was in his hands, like, you, you noticed more than maybe some other guys. But, yeah, I thought I thought he had a good game. One thing that I sort of came away with was, I think they drafted him with the idea in mind that he's like a Jordan Clarkson replacement. That's the sort of vibe I got from him. Um, he definitely felt like much more like a score-first type of guard uh, watching him at Baylor last year, but... The playmaking flashes they showed in this game were really promising. Uh, he made a lot of really like smart, high-level passes, so that was really good to see. Uh, I'm definitely walk away with a higher opinion of him than I had coming in, so that was really good. I thought Akbaji showed some flashes too. I thought him, him and Jason Preston on the Clippers, those were two guys that felt like, um, you know, they're not rookies anymore. They they came in with some experience in G League or in the in summer league, and it felt like they were trying to really like push the, uh, the limits of the game, really, like, show the absolute max of what they can do. Like, Agbaji was taking, like, some really questionable jumpers off the dribble um, that, that maybe, like, they were just encouraging to him to, like, you know, expand his game type of thing. Um, and Jason Preston, like, made some good passes, was, like, running the offense well, but, like, also was, like, he took, like, a really bad pull-up three-pointer, um, made a couple of just, like, like, he got into the paint too deep and just, like, turned it over. Uh, so it felt like those were two guys that were really trying to, like, really maximize what they can do on the court and really like try some new things and sometimes it looked good sometimes it didn't uh but you know i, I thought those are two guys that probably uh, stood out and another guy that stood out was johnny juzang just because he's someone that i really enjoyed watching at ucla so i was i, I really want to see him uh f- like carve out a role for himself in the nba because 
he he sh- as he showed today like he he has like an NBA level scoring ability uh, uh, especially as a jump shooter but just don't know what else he does like he he's not giving you anything on defense he's not a bad playmaker but that's not really the type of role you put him in and so I, I just don't know if he's able gonna he's gonna be able to make it in the NBA but I really loved watching him play at UCLA so it was cool to see him play again today and uh, he had some nice buckets but that really uh that really wraps up our uh, our on court. Uh, summer league experience between those eight games that we saw um ton of basketball man for two days uh yes. it, it was it was an absolute blast and you know as, as we sort of transition now into talking about summer league in general to be able to go to all of those games and and watch as much basketball as we could handle for two days for sixty dollars a day was really like i thought like a great deal like i i walked away feeling like you know i i, I got what i paid for you know what i mean absolutely and, yeah oh we went a little early um especially when uh the on the victor day yeah to lock up some nice seats but uh i mean you know i felt like if you paid more than the general admission you're kind of overpaying unless you're you know really rich and famous and just need yeah to you go just in, didn't care yeah need to go in like a different way but like i thought our our seats were great we we're really close to the action mm-hmm. We, I mean, we got to interact with all kinds of people. I, I have no complaints about the basketball aspect of, of this at all. So yeah, absolutely. I would highly, highly recommend it if you're a, a basketball nerd like we are. Come out, come mm-hmm. see these games, man. It's awesome. Yeah, it it is absolutely worth worth the, like getting the experience. Like, it, you know, it's one thing like uh, you know, flights and hotels are not cheap, but if you're able to get to Vegas uh, at a decent price, then absolutely summer league is worth it. it it was so much fun just getting to see like all this basketball all these guys and then yeah the other thing too like honestly just as fun as you know seeing the basketball and seeing all these young guys with all this talent was seeing all of the like all the faces you know what i mean between yeah. like nba guys that we saw just attending the game um but then you know media members we saw uh ronnie 2k was there <laughs> both days we got to see him yeah but it was really cool like i got to see like some of my favorite media members like we were uh i can't remember what game it was but we were sitting there on Friday, and you know we had the the seats like the t- last two in the row. So I'm sitting right next to the staircase, and middle of one of the games, Chris Vernon's walking up the steps, and I'm like, "Holy shit, that's Chris Vernon!" <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's what I said out loud. I was like, "Verno, Verno," and he looks at me. I shake his hand. You know, I tell him I'm a huge fan, whatever. He's like, "Oh, thanks, thanks." Man, I couldn't believe that man. I love Chris Vernon, and that was honestly one of the highlights for me was just getting to see him shake his hand, tell him you know I'm a fan and everything. That was huge. Um, I got to see Kirk Goldsberry. That was really cool. It was honestly kind of a weird experience. Um, not to flex, but Kirk Goldsberry follows me on Instagram, so I said that to him. And he just kind of gave me a blank look, like looked through me a little bit and just goes, yeah, I do. <laughs> and then just like was, I was like, no, seriously, you do. And he was like, yeah, yeah, and I got to go look for something. Yeah, and he kind of like turned <laughs> and turned and walked up the stairs. It was really weird. Kirk, if you ever listen to this, man, what was that about? Yeah, I don't know. And you looked really tired, man. I don't know. Maybe you just had a long day. Uh, it was day one of summer league, so I'm sure you had a lot going on. But that was, it was a pretty funny experience. But uh, really cool to meet him, nonetheless. Uh, who else did we see that was super memorable? Uh, media wise, we we got to wave hi at uh, Andrew Schlecht, which both of us are yep. are a fan of. Yeah, that was really cool. I I said I said what's up to Tim Bontemps twice. Once oh, well, I saw him once inside the arena. I said what's up to him, just like you know, wave from afar, and then. As we were leaving today, like waiting for a ride outside of the uh, arena, I see him getting into a car, and I had like a you know a legitimate conversation with yeah. him. He Wait. said he had mentioned something about because uh, I <laughs> I kind of like I said hey to him just because I saw him, and then he started actually talking to me. He was like yo like how you doing whatever, and so I kind of panicked. I was like yo 
like, tell McMahon I said he sucks or some shit like that. <laughs> just because I know they're on the podcast together and, like, that thought just came to my mind. And he said he was going to bring it up on the pod, so... And he said they're recording tomorrow, so... If he brings that up and right. I actually am on the pod, that would, oh man, that would that be so would be funny. So sick. That would be so sick. I can, that would be really cool. I can't lie. So yeah, we saw Tim Bontemps. So that was really cool. And, and then the media one that that I think we got to mention the most is you saw. Who did I see? Who did you see? Fist bumped him. Oh, oh my God. I, oh man. Yeah, I forgot about this. Um, yeah, on Friday, I uh, was just walking around uh, because they, there was two gyms in the arena where there's two different games going on. So I was walking between them. Um, and I see Shams Charania. And so I, I walk up to him and I was like, oh, what's up? The mistake I made, I didn't realize until after the fact. I accidentally called him Shams. His name is Shams. So I walk up to him and I go, yo, Shams, what's up? And I give him a fist bump. You know, he fist bumps me, but he gives me this dirty ass look, like this real mean side eye. And I was like, I walked, like, you know, I wasn't bothering him, but I gave him a fist bump, walked past, and I was like, oh, that was weird. And then I realized later in the night that I called him by the wrong name. So. My apologies, but uh, Woj clears regardless. So yes, it's yes, whatever. That was the that was the main takeaway from someone. Yeah, you said Woj clears. <laughs> um, uh, who else did we saw? Oh, I I, I uh, briefly saw Sam Vecini. That was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Who else? Other than media, we I mean we've seen so many ex players around. Oh yeah, oh yeah. We saw, like just walking around the arena. We saw Big Baby Davis. We saw Joel Anthony. We saw who else? Just like just today, I remember seeing both of them just like walking around the arena. Yeah, um, a ton of guys. The guys that were playing in the games were like coming up through the stands. Yeah, yeah. I saw Johnny Davis just like walking up the stairs, like through the regular like general admission seats, just walking through. And I was like, what? I don't. That was that was really weird to see him just like casually. Just he was like on the phone too, like just talking, yeah. just casual. No one bothered him. It was really weird. But uh, we yeah. walked by uh, Isaiah Thomas like the first day we were. Oh, here. that's right. Yeah, we saw. Uh, the, the Pistons, Isaiah yeah, the Thomas. Pistons, yeah. We saw him just like walking around the, the Vegas Strip. That was really cool. Uh, we saw Precious Achua out at uh, one of the casinos. Yep. Yeah, a lot, a lot of sightseeing, man. That was that was really, like, I don't really, I didn't think I would get starstruck seeing some of these guys, but just, like, when I went to the Celtics game, I was two rows behind Jason Tatum, and I was, I was staring at him for like a good two minutes. I couldn't believe that he was right in front of me. So I did have a little bit of like a fangirl moment there. Um, and like I saw Brad and Danny Ainge, I told Danny Ainge, um, <laughs> as I was walking out of the Celtics game, I told Danny Ainge that his, uh, the offer sheet that they gave to Paul Reed was, uh, was a masterclass. And he initially like laughed as, as he heard me say that, but then he like turned his head and like straight face, just like stone cold was just like, didn't want to interact. I don't know what it was, but he decided he just didn't want to have that interaction after, uh, after I said that. But I, I thought it was really funny. And I guess actually we could mention, I don't that's definitely not like, you know, breaking news or anything the jazz offered paul reed uh it was like three years 18 yeah now? they uh, they offered him a, a contract that was um uh heavily incentivized if he makes the like conference semifinals, he gets like way more mm-hmm. money and um the whole idea here is to force to either force um philadelphia to match this contract that is going to be bad for them mm-hmm. or they get this guy for really cheap and they're never going to have to pay that extra part because they're they're bad right. so yeah really just a really smart move by the jazz because i don't know why i can, maybe it's just danny Ainge's ties to the celtics and he just doesn't like the sixers but i don't know why he decided to screw them over the way he did but yeah he basically it's a contract that Makes it really difficult for the Sixers to match, but isn't really like a huge burden for the Jazz to actually pay him that money. So, yeah, yeah, that was a really crafty move there by Danny Ainge, and I, I just, I had to let him know, man. He was, he was sitting right there. 
Um, I thought it, I thought it was pretty funny that like he still is like close with with Brad. Like they were sitting there chatting. Him and uh, Austin Ainge, his brother, they were both sitting there next to Brad, chatting for like most of the game. So, just think that's interesting that he's still kind of like tied to the Celtics in that way. I, I, I wonder how much of that factored into him wanting to screw over the Sixers because, like, I love B-Ball Paul. Don't get me wrong, but it's not like he was some highly sought after free agent. You know? Right. Yeah. So there was you know there was clear intent to fuck with Philadelphia on that, <laughs> which I'm a fan of. I will always advocate for that. So. Thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. I stood uh, face-to-face with Sam Presti. Yep. I said, go Thunder. I don't know if you heard me. <laughs> I think we definitely made eye contact for a second. <laughs> so, all right. That's good enough for me. Right, right. Um, yeah. A lot of these guys, I kind of felt bad because um, yeah. they're just getting bombarded with, like, you know, especially the players. Yeah. Um, yeah, the high-profile players, like, any... If, if they were, like, in their seat, they made any sort of movement towards any direction, immediately 30, 40 people would sprint to the end of the stands and try yeah. to get their autograph, whatever. And, like, yeah, when Scoot, after Scoot's game, when he was sitting, like, in that reserve section in front of us, man, people were doing anything oh, to try yes. to get to him. And, they yeah, they had to have all types of security. So, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that's, you know, not uncommon. And then just let's, let's rapid fire some ones that were in the arena but we didn't get to talk oh, to. Oh, oh. Okay, we yeah, saw a ton. J. Cole. J. Cole was there sitting next to Jerry West. That was really yeah, cool. Jerry yeah. West, Kareem. Yep, we saw Kareem. Uh, George Gervin was there. You saw George Gervin? Yeah, he was Wait, talk- what? Yeah, he was talking to Jerry West. That's when I Oh, first my God, saw. I missed that. What? Yeah. I did not see George Gervin. Oh, my God. And what? Um, we saw, I mean, dude, we saw so many people. But, uh, it's hard to keep track, man. Yeah, we I saw, saw so many Steve people. Smith like five times. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We saw um, Kenny Smith. Yeah. That was pretty cool. We saw, I remember we saw Alvin Gentry, like, at, at the end today, yeah. just now. Um, Ronnie, I mean, you mentioned yeah, Ronnie Yeah, we saw Ronnie 2 yeah. Um, oh, my God, there was this, <laughs> this group of, like, 10, 12-year-old kids, uh, and they all spotted Ronnie, and they're all screaming out to him. He waved at them. Dude, you should have seen their reaction. Like, they were starstruck seeing Ronnie 2 and I just thought that was hilarious, because, fuck Ronnie 2K. <laughs> but, uh... Yeah, we saw a ton of guys, man. It's hard to even like. We obviously, um, like teammates of players that were playing. We saw, yeah. you know, Giddy, Jada, but uh, Halliburton. Um, a lot of the Pacers came out. Oh yeah, there's a ton of Pacers there. Uh, Jalen Green, Franz Wagner. Mm-hmm. I mean, Paolo yeah, Sanger was there. Yeah, Paolo. Yeah, I mean, basically, besides Lakers and Warriors, basically like half of the rosters of like the teams that were there like showed up. You know, it was really cool actually to see like the the number of people that are actually there. Like, it was more than I would have expected. You know, I was expecting maybe, like, one or two guys per game, but, like, some of them, like, like the Pacers, for example, it's like, six, seven, eight of them yeah, were all there, like, so that was it, really cool. If you combined the players that were there and the guys that were will actually make the team, they had, like, a full roster. Yeah, there, right, yeah, 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 yeah. Which, was, which I thought was was very cool, so shout-out to the Pacers. Yeah, shout-out to the Pacers in particular for uh, repping their team. Um, so, yeah, I think that uh, probably wraps up, like, the... Uh, the celebs. Yeah, the uh, everything that had to do with like the Thomas and Mac, like everything that was there, because that's where all the games were. Um, but the other part of this trip that was like the major headline was uh, NBA Con, which is just like uh, the first ever, just just like a I don't even know how to convention. really describe it, just a convention. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. It was uh, it's a bunch of different stuff there. You know, they had like some fashion stuff going on. They had like uh, like some autograph stuff going on. They did uh, the announcement like. Uh, you might have seen on ESPN like the the announcement of the in season tournament. They drew like the the six groups. Uh, we got to see that live, which was pretty cool. 
Um, what else they have? They had like some like random like talks. Like Adam Silver was talking with the Top Shot guy with, uh, yeah. or like uh, Scoop and Carmelo had like a little sit down thing. Yeah. Um, some pretty cool stuff. Um, but I do feel like I will say that um, overall it was a little bit of a disappointing experience, given that it cost the same as a day pass for summer league, and I don't really feel like, at least uh, the two of us personally going today, we didn't get a ton out of it. Um, to be fair, we did show up a little bit late because we were watching like the early summer league games, but we did get to everything. Like we went to all the different stations and everything, and I don't know, just just overall, just a little bit disappointing with what was what was available, what they had there. Um, it was a cool experience, but I don't feel like if they have it next year that I'm going to be very inclined to to pay yeah. sixty dollars to go. Well, you know, I'll 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 like do a direct comparison. So obviously, basketball content, the summer league games are going to be way better right but um you know the thing that they were selling on the nba con was like these um experiences meeting players meeting Mm -hmm. nba people uh there was way more of that at the actual games yeah i mean like there were people everywhere and you could go up to them so um you know yeah that's a great point actually yeah you you would have had a way better experience like if you wanted to come to summer league just to meet famous people or like Uh basketball players whatever like yeah you were better off just like going to the games because like, they had a cup, like, a handful of, like, guys that were signed autographs, but it was also, like, Christian Brown and, like, Kieda Bates-Diop. All right. due respect, but, like, you know, I, I was five feet from Jason Tatum at the game, so right. I think that clears the, the NBA con experience. But also, like, you know, everything, and not that you really expected it to be any different, but everything had, like, huge lines, you know what yeah. I mean? So you had to wait, you had to, like, you know, carve out two hours of your day to get an autograph from Keita Bates Diop like I you know it just wasn't really worth it as far as you know I saw it and like the the uh, like exclusive merch or whatever that they were like heavily advertising it was literally we saw it because there was a huge line and we were like what is this so we walk up to it and there's this little stand it's basically if you're familiar with what cricket is like that thing that you can buy that like the prints things out for iron. like t-shirts yeah like yeah. an iron like press on shirt it was basically that they had a display and it was a t-shirt with like these very clearly just like heat pressed on like logos it was ridiculous and i can't imagine what they were charging in there for it so that, w- that was definitely disappointing i will say that that was the one like negative that i can say from this entire experience was that nba con was just like not just not worth it you know I'm, I'm glad that we went in the sense that like this was the first ever time and we got to experience it and we got to be able to see what it was like and know that it was disappointing i guess but it does suck that like i don't really feel like you know, we did much while we were there like maybe the most fun we had was like there was a little station where we were playing 2k against each other and yeah. then they had like uh, a basket that was 20 feet in the air we were trying to throw a shot in there that was like the most fun thing i guess like seeing the espn thing live was pretty cool just because like we got to see adam silver and we got to see all those young guys that they brought out yeah it was cool to just like see them in person i guess but like i don't know was it yeah. that much better than if we had just seen it on tv i mean you know the the prices of everything was you know for at least for us it was like it was expensive the snacks were maybe more expensive at the uh nba con than the games oh yeah i didn't even bother i thought honestly like i think at the arena the the food was like reasonably overpriced if that makes any sense like you don't like you don't expect it to be cheap but like i don't feel like we got destroyed by it. like i got like a, a platter of like chicken tenders and fries is like 11 dollars. not crazy you know what i mean like it was fine that's that's a restaurant price almost. yeah it, it was fine yeah we paid like restaurant price for like fast food which you know i feel like for an event like that's kind of what you expect it was it fine. is what it is yeah. yeah you know whatever just in general i you know unless they make major changes to the nba con 
Yeah, yeah I'm not going to have any interest in going next season. Yeah. I, I have a ton of interest in coming to Vegas and going to Summer League next season, that's for sure. But the NBA convention was uh, largely a letdown, I would say. Yeah. But, uh... That, I was really, uh, I mean, look, don't get me wrong, we got uh, still tonight to go before we head out tomorrow out of Las Vegas, but as far as the summer league goes, I think uh, I think that's basically everything. So, yeah, I mean, I think that, that basically wraps up uh, you know, our summer league experience. You know, we, we won't be going to any of the games tomorrow since we're both flying out, so this has been, you know, just a recap of, uh, of everything that we experienced during our, our, uh, our first trip to summer league, so I hope that... You know, if you're listening to this as someone who has had maybe had some interest in going to Summer League, I hope that we were able to uh, tell you a little bit about it, you know, and uh, maybe convince you to go. Because I do, like I said, flights are not cheap, hotels are not cheap, but uh, if you're able to get here at, at a reasonable price, then it is absolutely worth it. Because yeah. this, you know, like, no exaggeration has been one of the best experiences of my life. Like, this has been so cool. This, Like, all the people that I saw... Just getting to see Wembenyama's debut live, even though it was a letdown for sure. But just getting to be a part of this whole weekend has has really been a blast, and uh, really looking forward to next year, man. Um, and 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 one last thing, I would say, if, if if you are coming back, you know, you can come for really cheap, and that's what we did. But um, yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> I would recommend staying on the strip and Ubering to the stadium if you can. If you, if you can do both those things, I think you're going to have a great time. Yeah. Yeah, like, financial situations aside for a second, if you're able to, like, yeah, stay on the Strip and just get rides, because it's not far, but it is, like, in, in that Vegas sun, it's tough to make that that one-mile walk. But you can get pretty cheap Ubers to and from the Strip to uh, to the arena. So, yeah, if you're going to come here, definitely definitely take advantage of that. And, yeah, man, I think I think that wraps up for this one. I'm glad to get back on uh, the podcasting wave. I got one, another episode coming up once I get home. Uh, I'm going to do one with Nick, and we're going to recap basically the whole free agency period. And I still got a lot of, a ton of content after that too because of, you know, I, I missed such a long stretch. I got to have, um, actually, I just realized I got to have my other friend, Nick, my Nuggets. We're going to have Lakers Nick on next episode to talk about free agency. Then after that, I got to have Nuggets Nick on because the Nuggets, of course, just the won champion. the title. Yeah. The yeah. yeah, champion Nick. I got to have him on because... Uh, I said I would if they made the finals, and of course I wasn't podcasting at the time. So definitely got to have him on. Uh, got to have everyone on, man. It's it's you know it's just been so long since I potted with anybody. So I'm definitely gonna bring everybody back. Uh, we're gonna get this cranking, get this rolling again, um, so that we can you know really be uh, full force ahead for when the season starts. So uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, this has been a lot of fun. Uh, make sure you subscribe. Make sure you send this to your friends that you think might enjoy listening to this. And uh, I will be back probably in about a week or so with another episode.